Hey guys, this is Juan from Game of Braves, and this week we have... Alex, that's me. Hi there. And we got into a very, very long discussion about what was supposed to be Tsukihime and just kind of dunked on Type Moon all episode. If you want to know what a Tsukihime is, and or if you watch Fate Zero and you want to listen to someone not praise Kiritsugu, boy is this the episode for you. Welcome to a very special hotel bathroom episode of the Brave Room, Game of Brave's own podcast. Hello. Yes, and as you can see, Kit's voice did not get deeper because instead we have a new guest with us, our new writer, Alex. Hi there. Now, you may be wondering why Alex is here because, as you may know, the lovely Alex Briggs is the key opinion leader of all things Cookie Run. What's he doing on a Sukehime? episode well uh, i'm also the key person whatever on uh i don't know type moon shit, i guess yeah that, that's what we're doing this week we're doing a sukihime episode so first of all why are we doing a sukihime episode one because melty blood came out and apparently we're the only two people in a very very large radius who have played melty blood and two because sukihime is cool uh, let's talk about it. So, oh, before we begin, you know, guys, comments, subscribes, please, onegashi, please. Let me know, thousand plays, terrible, terrible ideas. You know the drill by now. Come on, guys. Get to it. So, Alex, explain yes. what is a Tsukihime. Tsukihime is a visual novel made in like 2000, 2001-ish by Type Moon. Type Moon is a small indie daujin circle created by Kinoko Nasu and uh... Yeah, it's written by Nasu of Nasuverse fame. Uh, basically, every stupid decision Fate has done, you could probably blame him for it. Pretty much. Um, so, it's a visual novel. It released like 2000, 2001-ish. And it was sort of Type Moon's really kind of breakout work like this is the one that got people going oh shit those guys they're really freaking cool they they write good stuff and yeah Karno kyokai came out first as a light novel but this was like the one that really got their name out yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. before fate stay night came out and just took everything over from there tsukihime is a uh it's a horror visual novel and the best way i can describe the plot well the simplest way because this is a tight moon work and nothing can be simple uh, it's about this high schooler who, about 10 years ago, uh, his name's Shiki, Shiki Tono. About 10 years ago, he, uh, he was in an accident that caused him to see mystic... I mean, it, they gave him mystic eyes of death perception. So, basically, whenever he looks at anything, he sees these lines across them. And if he traces along those lines, then he pretty much erases the thing out of existence. The problem with that is that apparently the human brain isn't meant to see those, so he starts going insane. Thankfully, a uh, passing uh, a witch pass, well, yeah, a witch or a mage passes by, gives him these glasses that block out the lines out of his sight, and it's all good for a few years. Mm -hmm. Ten years, like ten years after this, he's finally allowed to return back to his family household because uh, they kicked him out after the accident because of reasons and you just you know, survived his... an accident get the hell out of here 
Yeah, pretty much. Okay, there's deeper than that, but, you know, spoilers up. His sister's being a bit antsy about him back. Uh, but other than that, it's all good. Until one day, he goes to school, sees this blonde girl just wandering around, and he feels this strange urge to kill her. And he does. He cuts her into, like, 16 pieces. It's pretty gruesome. Nice. But the next day, uh, he's, walking to, he's walking to school again, and he sees her again. She's totally fine. And she then says, Hi, I am a vampire. My name is Arquade. Because Type Moon does not know how Western names work. Yep, and yep. she basically says, uh, Thanks to you murdering me, I'm not at full power, but I need to kill this other vampire who's murdering people around your city. Could, could you help me out, maybe? You kind of owe me one. After the whole butchered into pieces. <laughs> yeah, mess. after the whole murdering me, yeah. So, that's basically the main plot of the first route. Because there's like five of these, and... Um, there's... Yeah, I'm sorry, this requires explanation, because nothing can be simple with Type Moon. It just can't. It's, that's the rules. Uh, that's the freaking rules. Pretty much. So... The first two routes, which are Arquade and Ciel's, are called the near side of the moon. And those are about hunting down the vampire in the city. The other three routes, which are for your little sister and the maids. Thank you, Japan. Um, those are known as the far side of the route. And they revolve around the accidents that happened in the household ten years ago. Why Shigi was sent into exile and the dark secrets that his family holds. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, let, let's talk about this. So, my introduction to Tsukihime is like my introduction to Fate through Carnival Phantasm, aka the greatest thing Type Moon has ever produced. It really is. It really is. And so, all I knew about the maids was wacky funny haha sisters, right? Because you have the dumb airhead maid and then her kudere sister. And like the opening for Carnival Phantasm is them playing a fighting game together. And what's her name? Akiha like banging them over the head because they got too into it. That's like my mental image of them. And then uh, uh, type, type Lumina trailers come out and you know it kind of doubles down my knowledge of what they are. It's like, oh look, here's Kohaku. She's ihi tongue out, one, one eye closed. And here's Hisui. She's like stone cold and stuff. And then I read a comment that says, Oh, Tsukihime doesn't get fucked up until you get to the maids. And um, I had no idea yeah. what that meant until I mean, you brought it up just now. We should probably... Do we want to go into spoilers in this podcast or not? That's a good question. How close can we teeter on spoilers here? I mean, um, we, can, we can spoil old Tsukihime, right? Because Remake does different shit. To an extent, the overall plot's relatively the same. Another thing with the remake, though, is it's actually not even finished. Uh, the remake right now covers only near side of the moon, so far side, which is really where the spoilerish stuff comes in, is still coming out. Uh, okay, then, then we'll have that discussion off camera. But so yeah, basically, maids equals yabai. Like I said, it's it's hard to talk about them without really going into their routes, but their roots, their rounds, whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah. The maids are... They're kind of like Sakura from Fate. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Which is great, because I was just having this discussion with my brother the other day, is that Nasu has one moveset 
in creating a visual novel. Because uh, I've I am absorbing Tsukihime through all the promotional materials for remake and Melty Blood, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh look. Route One is about the protagonist, you know, getting pulled into the conflict of this random blonde girl, whereas Route Two is about the other girl in his school and is technically the morally correct route. And then uh, debatable, but yeah, I mean, th- this is one hundred percent just from what I gleaned from the from the promotional video is that Seal's route is about hunting vampires with the church. Because uh, the promotional uh, video for Seal's route ha- shows her trying to kill Ark. Um, sort of. A big problem with Seal's route in the original Tsukihime was that it's very, honestly, a bit too much like Ark's route. Like, as in, entire entire sections are basically exactly the same, except for sort of the ending where it swaps out Ark for Seal. I've heard the remake fixes that and actually like fully just rewrites the entire plot, but yeah, that was a big problem with Seal's route in the original game. Ah, yeah. Well, pff, yeah. What can what can you do? I guess. But mm. yeah, no. I and so I'm a Fate fan first. Like I I got into Fate before Sukihime, and I've it never clicked. Like I know they say that they take place in the same universe. But I always assumed that was like some pretentious, like you know, audible, and just like there's no actual connection there. Despite the fact that I watched Fate Zero, where vampires are brought up, mm. like I always found if I, whenever vampires are brought up in Fate, they're always a huge deal, but only for that episode. So like Fate Zero, hey, spoilers for Fate Zero. It's too late if you didn't watch that one. You have no reason for this to be under spoiler embargo. What's his name? Freaking Kiritsugu. Kiritsugu. Yeah, Kiritsugu's uh, flashback episode. He talks about how there were vampires on his like there was a vampire outbreak on his island or some crap like that, and then the church comes in and kills all of them, and that's why he joins. He becomes like a mage hunter or whatever, right? Th- yeah, yeah. You know, I was I was just like, oh, that's that's weird. Whatever. Like, you really made it sound like vampires are this huge threat, and then I realized. Oh yeah, they are, but you don't deal with them in fate because they're being dealt with in Tsukihime. Like that's what the <laughs> um, act, that's what the real church does because the only member of the church you meet in fate is fucking what Kotomine Kire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not he's not the most interested in that shit. Yeah, exactly. Literal traitor to the church by the way. Don't, don't forget he quits the church in Fate Zero. But no one knows that because everyone who saw him quit is dead by the end of Fate Zero. <laughs> so he shows up for the for the Tosaka family inheritance and is just like, "Huh, Yorokobe Shonen. I, it's me. I'm totally part of the church still. I didn't take that back. No. <laughs> Don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah. Just... The weirdest thing, though, is that I'm hearing it's a bit hard with being a Type Moon fan who doesn't speak Japanese because. You kind of just get the snippets as they get translated, but the funny thing is, apparently, they might not take place in the same universe anymore. Like before, they totally did. Like it was confirmed that you know they've confirmed, oh, the Tsukihime city city is like this miles away from the Fate City. Yeah. Here's the rough timeline. But apparently, now the remake has retconned it so that Fate 
is in its own universe and Tsukihime is in its own universe because apparently Grand Order has done enough bullshit that the two are just incompatible now. Yeah, they, okay, they, well... They just don't make sense together anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Grand Order is the culprit here. Like, people will say, oh, remake, decanonize. No, Grand Order, decanonize it. Grand Order is on so many levels of bullshit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I totally agree with separating them. But I think the role of the church is a fun, like, little Easter egg. Like, I like it as a nod to between the two universes, right? Because I don't mm. think the church is a big deal by Grand Order anymore, because everyone has to be a servant in Grand Order. Yeah, yeah, true. So some fate fan is going to be in the chat correcting me this, but I'm just going to say it anyways. But apparently, do you know what the deal with fate is? Do you know what the grail actually is? Um, To be honest, it's confusing as... So Actually, one of the things I like about Tsukihime is it has bullshit lore, but it's also fairly self-contained. This is why I brought this up. I can't like, remember. You yeah. don't need to know the inner workings of mage stuff in the Nasuverse to understand Tsukihime. The most you need to know is like, oh, there's two types of vampires. The ones that kill people and the ones that don't kill people. You got it? Okay, cool. <laughs> but yeah, no. So, Fate damages its own timeline. That's even without being connected to Tsukihime. Because you know what Fate Extra is? Yes, actually, Fate Extra is one of the, I think, is one of the big reasons why Tsukihime and Fate had to be split up, although they weren't for a long time, and I, yeah. Yeah, so apparently the so, Grail is just like a supercomputer to defend the Earth from aliens. Yeah, so, just like, in Tsukihime, one of the types of vampires, the true ancestors who, they can kill people, they actually, they've killed loads of people, but they have better control of bloodlust and they don't get killed by sunlight. Apparently they come from the moon, but the moon in Tsukihime is just the moon. It, it's not a supercomputer. Yep. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, extra is in its own dimension, timeline, whatever. But I, yeah, it's confusing and weird. <laughs> uh, it gets even worse when you throw in Grand Order into the mix, because then Grand Order is like, this bunker is the last of humanity and all we like every timeline is in danger and we have to go to every timeline and stamp it out and then servants are just randomly summoned to gacha so yeah oh boy yeah. fate goes off the rails fast there there's one thing though like so pretend extra onwards doesn't exist up like i mentioned there's two times vampires are brought up in fate the second one is in apocrypha and which is uh, unlike Zero, where they're relatively important to the plot, Apocrypha's mentioning of vampires is one of my favorite things just for how stupid it is. So, yeah. uh, Vlad the Impaler. Okay, spoilers for Apocrypha. You should have watched this years ago. That's on you, buddy. Uh, spoil. So, Vlad the Lancer for uh, the Black Faction, his noble phantasm, because Vlad the Impaler, for those of you who don't know, was largely considered to be one of the inspirations for Dracula. Because, you know, he put yeah. people on stakes. And mm -hmm. so the way fate rules work is that if something is connected to you enough, that becomes your power as a servant. And so Vlad's noble phantasm is called the Legend of Dracula and he turns into a vampire. And I, can't, yeah. I don't remember the specific context of it, but so he is forcefully turned into a vampire so that he, he can go on a rampage and everyone else has to fight him off. 
and the main、mm-hmm. villain of the series, Kotomine Shiro, like he goes to, he goes to fight Shiro, and Shiro's like, "Dude, I'm from the fucking church. I literally hard counter you," and just sticks him full of black keys until he dies. And it's just, yeah, be, yeah, being the lancer is suffering. I mean, you could be Karna. Karna is like the best lancer who ever lived. <laughs> Karna is my favorite thing about how stupid Fate's rules are. Like, I like that it's an in-universe fact that the Holy Grail's rules are stupidly exploitable. Yeah, yeah. Karna,、um, because he died immortal, he can be summoned. But when you're summoned, you're summoned at the height of your life of your legend. And what was he when at the height of his legend? Immortal. <laughs> This,、uh... Um. So I guess since we went a bit off topic, so what is the Holy Grail? So honestly, I don't think I can give it the pro- give it like the super full explanation. But fate, according to the fate world, there was a time where magic was everywhere. And it was called like the Age of Gods, but then all the gods left and magic went with it. So instead, the closest that they can do all the mages is something called Magecraft. Okay, so let's clarify. In the Fate universe, magic and Magecraft are not the same thing. Magecraft is like phony fake magic, but it's the closest thing they can do. Also, that's why Heaven's Field is called the True Magic. Okay. Yeah. So basically, the whole idea of the Holy Grail War is. If they do this ritual where they summon back these heroic spirits and then sacrifice them, then they can get the true magic back and stop using the phony stuff. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The big problem is because only because like only one person can work this shit out. Obviously, the seven people involved decided, okay, well, let's just battle to the death、yeah. as one does. So that's how the Holy Grail War happens. But、uh, wait, I'd like apparently in the I, I'd like、yeah. to add an addendum to that. So for you may be thinking, oh man, all you need is for all seven people to agree who gets to be the the winner, right? Wrong. They do this in Apocrypha, and the Grail specifically demands bloodshed. Like <laughs> in Apocrypha, they reveal that if all seven people come to a consensus without violence. The Grail will just summon seven more servants and be like, "Duke it out!" Like fucking Ken Watanabe gets summoned and goes, "Let them fight." So fate is dumb.、Uh, <laughs> I love it. To be fair, Apocrypha is its own universe again, but actually, in the in the Fate Stay Night, they explain this by saying, "Okay, so in the Third Holy Grail War, which is the one before Fate Zero." Uh, the Einsburn family, which is where Ilya's from, they decided to do a little fucky-wucky, and instead of just summoning Berserker like they meant to, they summons this sort of hacked, this hacked servant called Avenger, who's like instead of being a heroic spirit, he's supposed to represent all the world's evils. And guess what? He sucks. He was the first one to die. But because he was completely evil, when he went back into the Grail, he corrupted the entire thing, which caused it to malfunction in the next two Holy Grail wars, which are Zeros and Stay Nights. Ah. So,、uh, yeah. So that's the sort of official explanation by what for why it doesn't work in those series. Ah. Man, I love. Here's the thing. I love retcons. Like the art of retcon. 
is beautiful. My favorite is also like uh, again Kotomine Shiro in Apocrypha. It's oh he was there. He was just uh, Kotomine Kire's like half brother this whole time. Like there's like a badly photoshopped him at the funeral for their for their dad at the end at the end of Zero. It's just like yeah yeah no uh was yeah I had a brother named Kire. Don't worry about it. This because it's like yeah Apocrypha is a different timeline, but it also like that's only if you look hard enough. At a lot of these a lot of these series, what they do is they put up the smoke screen that it's in the same timeline, but it's only once you get into the weeds of it that like actually no, this is a different timeline. So I love yeah, when I know I love when they do that in a in Apocrypha especially because like uh, what's his name Sakura's grandpa like the biggest piece of shit who ever lived he dies yeah was this Mato Zoken I think yeah yeah they, Zoken yeah I think doesn't doesn't uh, Kotomine Shiro kill him I think so um in that timeline yeah I think that's what happens I, I so. vaguely remember someone blows up his house. And then, uh, and then finish them off. I think it was him because he was kind of a prick. Mm. I mean, he was. Yeah, sounds about right. I mean, to be fair, he was a servant summoned during World War Two. <laughs> he literally mm. appeared and went. The Nazis got the Grail. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, here's the thing. As much as. As much fun as it is to dunk on Fate for being dumb, like, it's why I love it. Like, mm. a lot of series try to dial it back and rationalize it. Fate has just, every single time you say, wait, no, this is dumb, Fate just depresses the pedal, the gas pedal, a bit more every single time. And that's how mm, yeah, we ended I mean, up... I... That's how we ended up I mean, with I Moon guess... Computer. Yeah. In all fairness... Whenever someone says something like, oh, which one do you go first? It's like the most depressing and understandable thing at the same time. Because on one hand, you, you get it. There's like a million of them. and you. But at the same time, the thing is, I'd say the OG main... Can you even call it the main timeline anymore? The sort of OG fate timeline of just Zero, Stay Night, and I guess, uh, what's it called? Hollow Axeteria. It's actually not... It's not too bad. It's complicated, but it's not stupid at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, back when it was just that stuff, it actually, it probably, it could still fit in with Tsukihime and Karano Kyokai, but yeah, Chase just, I don't know, Grand Order especially just blew it up into Grand, like being Grand Order absolutely I've, insane. I view Grand Order as a completely different series. Like, the way yeah, I see so it, I, to be honest. Nasu has a Bible. That he holds full of like materials, and then the Nasuverse are just stories that that use from that. Like it's a deck of cards that he puts together to make a different story. So one of them is Church Hunter, and one one of them is Servants, and you know he just pulls them out for whatever. However, I guess since this is more of a Type Moon podcast now, I should we should answer that question on where do you start with Fate, because the answer is not fucking zero. Yeah, that's true. When I say when I said zero first, I basically yeah, said chronological. It was chronological, but yeah, start. I've had this. It's funny. I've had this argument with at least two different people. If you, if we're really gonna go into this, start with the Stay Night. Well, the real thing is start with the visual novel. But if you can't get the visual novel because it's not officially translated, and yeah, even even the even the file, the uh, totally not legal maybe file. Yeah. Even that can be a bit hard to get 
in and get patched and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't get access to that, try start with Unlimited Blade Works, then Heaven's Feel, then Zero. And I don't say this out of any sense of like elitism or gatekeeping or anything. It's just Zero was written as a prequel. It was yeah. You you're supposed to know intentioned... what... Sorry, no. Could finish, yeah. finish your thought. Yeah, pretty much. You're, it's written with the idea that you already know what's gonna happen. The anime has a freaking time, has like a timer throughout it, counting down until the big tragedy that starts off Stay Night. It's you're supposed to know. That's how. Sorry, that's just how Zero's written. It's supposed to be a tragedy because you already know that these people do not make it out alive. Yeah, exactly. Like, you are not supposed to trust Kotomineki Re at all. Like, you should start episode one going, what the fuck is this guy doing? I don't like him. Mm. And that's why it's, like, supposed to be... The big twist at the start of Zero is that Gilgamesh was never Kirei's servant. He was, uh... Yeah. He was, what's his face? Apatosaka's servant, yeah. But yeah, no. And here's the other reason you shouldn't start with Zero. It makes you a act- so uh, to be to uh, be fair, I think there's a term for it in the Titan fandom: zero secondaries. People who start with zeros anime, which to be fair, I partly started with, well, as well. So technically, that's me too. But no, but the thing is, you don't. Main... Here's the the trait for the zero secondary is not so much that they started with zero; it's their bad behavior that resulted from them starting with zero. Like I dated a girl once who does not accept the goofy fate stuff because and you dumped her on the site of and course dumped her said. on the site <laughs> so uh like she goes no fate's supposed to be this serious story about backstabbing and betrayal why the hell is there a cooking anime and a gag anime and i'm like what <laughs> no, fucking get... blade works has a date episode <laughs> i mean I guess my problem with Zero Secondary is, once again, I know it's not everyone, but it's not just that, oh, it's not it's not dark like Zero is. Um, because Stay Night could get bloody dark. They, In fact, I say tonally they're not too different from one another, but for me, they don't like Stay Night over really superficial reasons like, oh, Zero has adults and Stay Night has high schoolers and that makes Zero better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I, most of that. those high schoolers are better written than a lot of the Zero adults. Dude, Kirit- sorry. Okay. While truth. we're here, Kiritsugu is the worst character. <laughs> like, not even like no, this character big, is bad. Actually, I would dare say... Oh, sorry, you, you go first. The, like, Kiritsugu isn't bad as in like, oh, he does moral repress. I think he's a poorly written character. A big... Another thing people don't get with Zero is, once again, it's a tragedy, and the whole idea of a tragedy is people get f***ed up by their own flaws. The yeah. characters in Zero, who people seem to say, oh, well, look at Kiritsuki, he's such a badass compared to Shiro, haha, <laughs> you know, oh, people die when they're killed. The whole point of Zero is that Kiritsugu was fucking wrong. Yeah. He was wrong. His stupid utilitarian philosophy was wrong. He can't. You can't expect some. You can't kill millions of people to get a MacGuffin that saves millions because you've already murdered hundreds of people. Yeah. He was wrong. Yeah. Hashtag Kiritsugu did everything wrong. <laughs> that's the whole point of the anime. Despite everything, that's why Kiritsugu has to destroy the Grail at the end. He realizes, oh, 
I f***ed up. I really f***ed up. Like, again, I think the big problem was that is the fact that you know where Kiritsugu starts in Stay Night and Bladeworks. And the weirdest thing is that, you know, Koshiro talks so highly of him in Bladeworks. I, I never played Stay Night, so I don't know how he talks about him there, but in Bladeworks, he's like, Kiritsugu is a champion of justice. I'm like, no, he didn't! Was was justice the name of that rocket launcher he used to blow up the passenger plane? Mm. Well, no, but... And it's something that, in some ways, it extends a lot to the rest of the Zero Masters. Um, They put on the pretense of being these really professional, highly expert mages, but reality is most of them were fucking idiots. KNF, Lancer's master, just walks into his enemy's stronghold and just thinks that's gonna work. You know, one of the dudes is just a serial killer who doesn't even realize he's in the war. You know, Waver, who, don't me wrong, I love Waver, he's great, but apparently he spent most of the time just goofing off in Japan with Ryder, which is what I would have done too, but you know. Yeah. Kirei... Kirei was basically the only competent person in the entire fourth grail war. Oh yeah, Tokiomi. He summons a servant well known for wanting to, to well known for being a huge dick and being stupidly powerful, and basically then just sits back and thinks, I'll just let him take care of all of it. Like, yeah. what did he think was gonna happen? I okay, and this this is totally like I am going to sound like an asshole. But I also kind of think that was, on some level, the point was that like, oh, mages actually are dumber than everyone thinks they are. Yeah, no, that's totally the point, because that's a recurring point in Stay Night, too. Wait, mages are kind of just self-serving, self-righteous pricks who really aren't all the shit they put themselves up to be. Also, one other problem with the Fate Universe is... Holy shit, it's easy to summon a servant. Like, they make it sound like, oh, you know, only the best mages can summon servants. But a school teacher does it. Like, he's not even a mage. <laughs> Stay night. Wait, Kuzuki, he didn't summon Caster. I No, no, he's, he didn't summon her, but uh, he's apparently good enough to be her master. Um, I'm not sure how official it is. Like, I'm not sure he has, like, a sigil on his hand or anything. Uh... Okay, fine. Uh, I bring up my backup point. Serial killer dude from Zero. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Again, didn't even know about the war. Mm, I mean, people are gonna give me... People who are listening are gonna give me so much shit, but I would go as far to say, sh- to say Shinji had a better plan in Stay Night than most of the Zero Masters did. At least he knew he was a weak loser and didn't decide yeah, he, to speak his on game anyone plan, head on. His game plan was built around I am a little bitch and I don't know what to do. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Like I love that scene from Heaven's Field where like, you know, he shows up with Ryder and Saber just like backhands her and then mm-hmm. and Shiro's just like, hey, guess what? The strength of your servant is proportionate to your strength as a mage. <laughs> it's like, yeah. That is the, the only instance of Fate's rules being consistent. I I know he bashed it a lot. I, I do love the the Fate series despite yes, all this. I, I do too. I I legitimately think making fun of the goofy shit is why is part of the experience of enjoying Fate. Because as much as like I will shit talk Zero, Zero has some cool moments. Dude, like, Zero, I consider it to be a solid 9 out of 10 anime. I like it in a lot of the way- No, it's weird. I like Zero's anime more than I do Stay Nights. I just like Stay Night more as a story. That's just in general. That's yeah. sort of my take on it. Yeah, I mean, you have shit like... Was the 
the what's it, the Gilcopter, the freaking jet, because apparently ancient Babylonians invented a fighter jet. Yes, yes. <laughs> With a throne at the top of it, no dome. <laughs> mm. And uh, was this Lancer? No, sorry, not Lance. Lancelot literally being Artorius from Dark Souls. <laughs> oh, fun times. Yeah, and my favorite noble phantasm, the machine gun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Zero, Zero has some cool cool ideas, and I think making fun of its stupid edgelord nonsense is part of the experience of enjoying it. Oh, it was... It's, yeah, Zero is delightfully edgy. But that's part of why it's fun, I guess. I love... Okay, so since, we're, since we're straight up spoiling Zero, I love... What's his name... What's it, Lan- Lance's master in Zero? Uh, Kana. Yeah, Kana. His death is the most laughably predictable stupid shit ever. I mean, like I said, he he go he knows that this dude Kritsky is named the Mage Killer, and he decides just to burst down his front door and announce, "Yo, and fight me, man!" One view, and that's it. That's his plan. And then he is lucky enough to survive this escaping only paralyzed from the waist down and unable to do magic and he thinks you know what again <laughs> once more and then kiritsugu pops up with the contract being like hey i will be magic legally not allowed to kill you if you sign this and tell your servant to kill kill himself and he's like okay i'll do it phew i'm safe then he gets shot he's like didn't say anything about my girlfriend though She's totally allowed to kill you. <laughs> like, how stupid could you be? This... Yeah, I think the other thing that a lot of Zero secondaries always put up is like, oh, Fate's Day Night was a hentai. I'm just like, yeah, so what? It, it's writing is f***ing good. Like, the hentai bits of Stay Night and Tsukihime are considered the worst parts of both of them because they're really awkward, badly written, and kind of slow-paced. Even Nasu himself said he had no fucking clue what he was doing when he was writing them and just kind of put out what he could. Yeah, okay, so legend has it that he only put it in because visual novels wouldn't sell if they didn't have etchy scenes in them. Pretty much. Which, okay, on one hand... I believe that just because of how trash the visual novel like meta scene is nowadays. On the other hand, that's great justification after the fact when you're trying to get your story taken seriously. No, 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 you don't understand. No, I didn't actually want to make Shiro Rail Saber in a bathtub. I I just needed to to sell the to sell the rest of my fantasy story. Mm. I didn't I've enjoy heard... drawing her for a second. Well, he <laughs> Yeah, the other myth that goes around is that he didn't even actually write them. Uh, the artist, I need to remember his name. Yeah, uh, he, the he artist can't... of Day Night was the one who wrote them because Nasu didn't want to do it himself. That being said, intentional. Takeshi Takeichi, that's his name. Ah, that that being said, whether he wanted to or not, Echi is a core part of a. Uh... Fate's identity, and I will never not be entertained by people calling Fate the world's most profitable eroge. Nah, it is funny. Although, I've heard from some people that Tsukihime and Fate sort of popularized the idea of more... Okay, this wouldn't be the accurate word for it, but more mainstream visual novels that can focus more on the plot than the plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least that's the word that goes around. 
I because... wouldn't be surprised because I literally have never like the only other uh, the only other visual novel of this caliber that I've heard is uh, Umineko. Uh, I mean, there's also like Higarashi, Steins Gate, uh, Danganronpa, I guess, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, but but uh, but yeah, no, that's side tangent. I am depressed at the state of visual novels right now. Like, I don't think it's too bad, but. I mean, I do think it's probably also because a lot of them don't come out over here, but we're getting more of the good ones, and there are some notable ones. Okay, so I should specify. I have no idea what the visual novel scene in Japan is like right now, but I feel like every Western trying to jump into a visual novel just goes for the, oh my god, aren't anime games wacky? Look, KFC dating sim. Like, <laughs> do- I remember when I was in my final year of uni, um, when I, I was part of my anime society, and one of the events we had was a uh, live playthrough of the KFC dating sim with KFC. Yeah, yeah. Most of people course. showed up just for the KFC, but you know, that was a pretty fun time. Like people take took turns voicing the characters and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, like the entire genre in the Western market exists for shock value, like either well, do- Doki Doki or KFC. Doki Doki's not too bad. I, Doki I mean, Doki's not too fun. bad, but I think it had the opposite problem where people think that all visual novels need to have a super psycho twist. I get, I guess, I get, I get what you mean though. But I think that's a problem of how the West perceives Asian media in general. It's yeah. just lol, so weird, so random, which I think is a, which yeah. I think is a really uh, inconsiderate way of looking at it. I suppose. Yeah. It's it's as if I said all American movies were just about defeating terrorists and not so subtly American propagandizing. I mean, aren't they? I mean, they are, dude. Okay, hold on. Let me let me tell you. Let me describe to you in detail every episode of NCIS in all all its seasons and all its spin-offs. Soldier dies. Oh my God, the soldier is dead. He loved America so much. But wait, the evidence is he didn't love America. He was a terrorist. Oh no, that, that, that could never be. He loves America so much. He doesn't. And then they catch the killer and it says, No man, I hate America. And I thought he hated America too. But then he went, I love America. And so I had to kill him. And then as he's getting pulled into the cop car, he looks at the dead soldier's mom and goes, he loved America. Credits. There, I spoiled every episode of NCIS for you. Nice, I don't think I miss a thing. Yay. <laughs> oh, and then someone tries to crack a joke and it doesn't land. Yeah, that's the most important part of every episode. Ugh. So yeah, no. I feel like that's the counter. We have to treat US movies the same way. <laughs> They're all about product placement and propaganda. Pretty much, pretty much. But yeah, I think in terms of like visual novels, they're going okay. I mean, Fate's Fate's doing fine. Uh, all of the uh, When They Cry stuff, Umineko Higarashi's doing okay. Uh, Science Adventures doing fine. Uh, I know a lot of people don't count things like say Danganronpa, Ace Attorney, uh, Zero Escape, but I do, and and you know, they're doing okay. So it's yeah. a niche genre. It's always going to be, but it's. I think it's doing fine for the most part. Yeah, yeah. On one more note before we get out of here, I do want to talk about Melty Blood. Because that is the weirdest way you could go with your visual novel. Like, 
you know, visual novel to anime adaptation makes sense. You know, maybe action game at best, but a fighting. You literally jumped from one niche pawn to another. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, we... it's definitely out there. But I just, I love it just because it's just something kind of weird and unique. It's just like, yeah, this this fighting game came about from a visual novel, like, cause why not? And features an exclusive character. Like the plot for the original Melty Blood is its own thing, and not just a. Oh, retelling. it has a bunch. It has a bunch of exclusive characters. Like I don't know, Melty Blood exists in this weird alternate universe where basically everything in Tsukihime happened, but none of the main characters died. Oh, so they so can all it, be playable characters. Here. It exists in the same universe as Emiya Gohan, then, because that's literally the setup for Emiya Gohan as well. What's Amir Gohan? Amir Gohan's the cooking fate spin-off. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like, legit. It's a bit, uh, side tangent. Uh, Amir Gohan, like, legit has every character alive, but aware of what happens to them vaguely in the fate universe. Like, Caster comes over to Shiro's house so that he, te- he can teach her how to cook because she finally gets to marry the teacher. And then Saber is like, what the hell is Caster doing here? You, do you remember what Caster does? And it's like, wait, but doesn't she... What timeline is this? <laughs> I think the key with Fate is to re- just realize that some of it is meant to be taken seriously and some of it's just not meant oh, to yeah, be no, taken definitely. seriously. If, if you and watch you just him... have to figure out which one is which. If you watch Emiya Gohan and I'm trying to figure out where this fits in the timeline, you're a f- moron. <laughs> It's the feel good fate anime. Anyways, yeah, back back to Melty Blood. Yeah, I get I get what that what you mean. I didn't realize I I thought Shion was the ori- only original character for Melty. I assume Nero Chaos is the other one. Uh no, he Nero's Nero's actually he's the he appears in the OG Tsukihime, but they replaced him with oh god, I what was his name? Blob Archangel in the remake, which is why he's in the new Melty Blood. Ah. Uh, I can't remember the name of his voice actor. He's Kaiba's voice actor. Uh, Vlov. Uh, I mean, Nero's? No, no, no. Uh, Vlov. Vlov's voice actor. Uh, Alright. I love his voice acting so much. Like, he does that type of character so well. Mm. The almost sexually aroused by how much pain he's in. <laughs> That's, that is probably the best way that I've heard that part. It's true though. You listen to his his last arc in uh in Melty Blood, that like I can't tell if he's bleeding out or climaxing. It's one or the other. But yeah, mm. no. Uh, yeah. So you you've been playing Type Lumina, right? Yeah, yeah. I I want to like that game more. <laughs> I really do. I want to like that game more, but like, so I am pro fighting games trying to figure out how to become more digestible for normal human beings. Mm-hmm. I don't like how Melty Blood did it. The the oh, auto the, au- the auto combo system just bugs me. Uh fair enough. I mean that's fair enough. I thought I thought it was okay. I mean I'm not super into fighting games, but well I I do like them. I'm not competitive competitively into them, but I do get what you mean. It does feel like you're kind of repeating the same combos a lot because of it. Yeah, the problem is you can uh, accidentally auto-combo as well, like, because they teach you there's two, 
combo systems in the game. So one is called Rapid Beat, which is the auto combo. Just mash any button more than twice and you will do an auto combo. And the second one, I can't remember for the life of me what it's called, but it's more like Guilty Gear's Gatling system, where it's you have A, B, C. So as long as you press any, like as you press all three without repeating any of them, then you get, you know, it will combo into each other. And so I will try to do that one, but because of like buffering or whatever, it will accidentally transition to the auto combo and I'm like, ah, can't tell. Yeah, I can see how that's annoying. I will say, I can't remember enough of the OG Melty Bloods to know if that was the case there. Like, legit, I haven't played it in years. But mm-hmm. it does remind me a lot of Undernight, which yeah. is like a French Bread's other fighting game. Like, the, I think that game had auto combos and had a lot of similar... Yeah, yeah, the, the general... No, they concern. just had a similar feelings. The consensus that Type Lumina is Melty Blood with Undernight injected into it. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And that's kind of weird because Theon is actually in Undernight, but not in Melty Blood. Very strange. Yeah, yeah. To the point that I thought she was an Undernight character first. Mm, and uh, the, the reason they give for this is, oh, we only want to include characters from that remake were in yeah. the suit. Yeah, and then they throw <laughs> Saber in there. Where's Saber in Remake? <laughs> hey, like you said, there's three more routes that are not yet. Yeah, will we get the Saber routes? Because this, even the Tsukihime remake cannot escape Saber. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But you know, uh, other than that though, like, I really like Noel. Like, I w- mm-hmm. I'm assuming anything I say about her is not a spoiler, because I because even I don't know the context of it. But Neither do I, really. Her personality is so good. Like, the description, her like her description from the wiki is just like she is a mediocre character like she's a mediocre person in a world full of like remarkable people and she hates it and it's great like a bunch of her like win dialogues is her referencing the fact that if she finds out you're weaker than her she becomes super sadistic about it Mm. she had the kiritsugu upbringing where like everyone she knew was like killed by vampires or something like that and then she's something she is she is a remake character, so I don't know the full context of what she is, but I do like her. She just seems fun. She is, yeah. She's also got my favorite trope, which is uh, the adult who sucks at being an adult. <laughs> yeah, I do find it funny. Like, Ciel is supposed to be 25, and she poses as a high schooler to, like, scope out where where the vampire Roa is. Mm-hmm. Roa's the vampire that, su- that, arc- that arcs hunting. Yeah, I don't honest, think that's a spoiler. Like, Melty Blood makes that pretty apparent. Honest Mids Michael, yeah. Yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Ciel just 25 decides, okay, I'm going to pretend I'm 16. No, wait, 18. And, mm-hmm. so, and just about pulls it off. And then you have Noelle, who's, like, implied to be maybe slightly older. And she's like, I want to be the teacher. I want to be the one who oh. controls these little shits. Oh, no, no, that... You get context for this in Type Lumina's arcade mode. So yeah. at the start of Type Lumina's arcade mode, she comes to the city and goes like, Oh shit, you know, Roa is hiding as a high schooler. Guess I'll dress up as a stu- dot dot dot. Okay, I'm gonna be real, I'm too old for that shit. I'm never gonna pull this off. <laughs> and she goes, then she, she's like eating at a cafe, she's like, Wait, I can be the mysterious, cool, mature teacher. And so she becomes a teacher instead. 
Like, now, see, the funny thing is, it's so clear that she's so much more immature than most of the students. Just going off of her win quotes in other arcade modes, like, that's just the vibe you get from her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and then she'll, like, part of her win quotes are just like, should I go speed dating after this? Should I go... <laughs> like, oh, she's such a piece of shit, I love her. <laughs> she's great. And then on top of that, she's actually a pretty good character in the game as well, because she's got, like, some stupidly long-range attacks. Mm, that's true. Um, I, I don't know, I am usually stick with Ark just because Unga Bunga rushdown character, nice and that, easy. That's, like, like that. every single Melty Blood character. Like... Here, the only characters I know who aren't Unga Bunga Rushdown from what I've played are Vlav, who is keep you away and and yet somehow still rushes you down, and Kohaku, who is just the best character in the game. Kuma is supposed to be a grappler. Akiha's, Akiha's kind of more of a zoner character, but yeah, the rest of them are different variations of, I don't know, Arcade does it better than most of them. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not gonna argue with that. Like, Ark's moveset is pretty, pretty freaking great. Akiha, like, Akiha reminds me of Milia from Guilty Gear, because she's got the big Yeah, I don't in. know the word. She has that thing where she she knocks you down, and then she sets up to hit you before you can, as you get up. I There's a term for it. Yeah, I don't Oki. remember what it is, though. It's yeah, Oki character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think she's got enough mobility that she can, she can literally do the Milia bullshit, where she can fast fall and change sides while you're getting back up to mess you up that's the thing saber is uh eh. but, you know here's the thing because melty blood is a kusoge like true and true everything it's like the most busted shit and every character in that game is busted and with type lumina i've been waiting to hear about that kind of stuff but i only ever hear it from kohaku because kohaku has so much busted stuff like she's got uh, Johnny's Mist Finer from uh, from Guilty Gear. She can drop bombs on you while you're getting up. She can put down plants to lock you down. Like this character is stupidly fun, and her yeah, super has have... she, her super has two variations. By the way, if you hold the button while the last button of her super, it changes from an, a strike to a grab. So your opponent has to guess even though they can see what super you're using. It's so dumb. I, I have a friend who just loves flicking all the kind of trolly joke characters in fighting games. Yeah? Like, I don't know, like if we were playing Guilty Gear, he would be Faust or Bridget or just one of those characters that he feels people would get annoyed at losing to. Yeah, and I yeah. just figured, oh my god, this guy's gonna fall in love with Kohaku. I haven't shown him the game yet, but that's just what I predict right now. Kohaku is definitely a rewarding character. I don't know what the professionals think of the game yet, but uh, but yeah, from from my early early impressions, my friend who loves Johnny and Kagura from Blaze Blue, like he loves this specific type of character. It's just like, dude, Kohaku is great. Oh my god, Kohaku is so much fun. Then he found out that her super is like a knowledge check where you have to guess if she's holding the button or not, and he's like. Dude, Kohaku's amazing. I'm just like, ah! Kohaku, let me press buttons. Please. <laughs> Seriously, Noel's big range is the only thing that, that wins me matches in that game. Because everyone's yeah. too busy bunga rushdown to realize that I can keep them away. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I we, we ran a while on this. I'm sorry, Ben. This one's on us. Sorry. 
We got we got started on Fate Zero. <laughs> I, I think we have a solid half hour of Fate Zero in there. Oh dear. Listen, it's just too much fun to dunk on Fate Zero. It's like someone who says their favorite superhero movie is The Dark Knight. Like, yeah, I agree it's a great movie. But I'm still gonna make fun of you for it. <laughs> Pretty much. And like I said, Zero's great, but... Just, you know, be open-minded to the rest of Fate, I guess. Be open-minded about Carnival Phantasm. Sometimes oh, yeah. you just want Shiki and Shiro to accidentally two-time all the women in their lives. <laughs> come up with the horrible, horrible date episode. Uh, also, for the last thing, if you do want to check out Tsukihime but can't play the visual novel because much like Fate, it's not officially translated and stuff, consider trying the Tsukihime manga. The manga is probably the best Type Moon manga adaptation I've actually read. Like, not only like writing-wise, it's good. Art-wise, it's fantastic. Like, it gets the violent bits and the uh, cutesy romantic bits both very good. Um, it only adapts Arcs Route, which is probably for the best because it actually is finished now. And yeah, it just serves as a really good introduction to Tsukihime if you can't play the visual novel. It has better visuals than the original visual novel as well. There you have it. And if you want to know the etchy scenes in Fate, a certain website has them all uploaded. We cannot legally endorse this website, but I'm just saying it's out there. It's a website you may find other entertainment on. <clears throat> so that's it from us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Again, this was a wild one. However, this was informative. This did not go into a weird rant. This was an informative deep dive into Type Moon. Thank you so much to Alex for taking time off your busy cookie run schedule to, to come on and bitch about fate with me. Fate and No type. worries. Anyways, been a, this has been The Brave Room. Don't, you know, rate us on whatever you're listening to us on. Like... Even if there's no blatant rating system, just leave a comment and be like, 5 out of 10. <laughs> 5 out of 10, how dare they make fun of Kiritsugu like that? <laughs> uh, thank you. Hashtag Kiritsugu did everything wrong. Mm. And yeah, take, take care. And oh yeah, Alex has done a wonderful, wonderful write-up of the history of Tsukihime. Like ah, on yeah. our on our Thank website, you. go go check that out. Like that's how I got the idea for this podcast because I knew nothing about Sukihimo before I read that, and then I saw Shiki Super and Tight Lumina where he you know he does the line thing, and I'm like, oh, that's not just a judgment cut, that's that's lore. He's doing a lore. He did in fact do a lore, and then he also did an, a wonderful write up on Neko Arc, who we somehow went an entire episode without talking about. In indeed, how how did we do that? Exactly, we even talked about Carnival Phantasm and not and not talk about Neko Arc. But anyways, read the article for if you want to know more about Neko Arc, because you know that's that's its own thing. And hashtag Neko Arc for Type Lumina. Indeed, bring Neko Arc back. I want bring back most of bring back most of the other characters. Just seriously, there's a good bunch of them missing from that game. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
That's because there were so many re-releases of Multiplot as well. Like I think base Multiplot didn't have e- that many characters either. E- true, but just saying, DLC re-release just get Sion back, get Nero back, get get Sachin back, get Nekowark back. <laughs> yeah, 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 you can leave the duo characters out though, the ones that are like Neko Arc and Maid, and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Th- those can sit out, but bring Neko Arc back at least, at least. I want to next year's evil. I want to see a Neko arc in top eight. <laughs> Just imagine Neko arc wins the Melty Blood Evo. Uh, it's great, and dude goes up to the microphone and just like put a new, put a new. Oh, it'd be great. It's like Akuma, you know, he's got the kanji on his back, but it's but it's Neko arc. Uh, that'd be great. Anyways, this has been this has been an episode. Uh, take care, guys. All right, see ya. <laughs>